Welcome to Profiles in Leadership interview series, where we hear pearls of wisdom from those who lead. Today we have Dr. Karen Litzy here with me today. And Dr. Litzy graduated and received her doctorate in physical therapy from Misericordia. She is the owner of her own private practice, which is a concierge PT practice in New York City, where she sees clients in her home, gym, or in their office. Dr. Litzy is on the board of directors of Physical Therapy Business Alliance and PT Day of Service. She is also the host of the weekly podcast, Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart, where she interviews influencers in the world of physical therapy, health, wellness, and entrepreneurship. She, you can follow Karen on Twitter at Karen Litzy NYC. So thanks for being here today, Karen. Thank you. Thanks really for appreciate me. it. So you have one of the leading podcasts in the PT profession. So share with us how you had the vision to start and how it has evolved since you started it. And including in that, tell us how many downloads you get because it's pretty impressive. Okay, so I first started the podcast on a, it was an internet radio station. So okay. I was interviewed by a friend of mine who had a show on this station and afterwards the manager said, you know, you have a good voice, you sound smart, would you like your own podcast, <laughs> yeah. like your own show? And so I said yes, and this was probably like four years ago. Okay. Um, and then I went back to school to get my doctorate in physical therapy. So I, it was work full time, go to school full time, do the podcast. So something had to give. So I dropped the podcast for about two years and then came back to it, revamped it. And instead of going to a studio, I now just do it from my home or mobile at conferences like CSM. Right. Um, and that's been about, I kind of revamped the whole thing two years ago, I'd say, a year and a half ago to two years ago. Um, and now it's, you know, you learn from the mistakes that you made in the past. Right. As with, as with everything. Sure. And so I certainly made a lot of mistakes with the podcast, and now it's, it's, it's getting better. Um, and download-wise, I'm around maybe 260,000 downloads, so I'm getting around last month was all about 38,000 wow for the month that's impressive um, which was great um, and, and and it's a weekly uh, bi-weekly uh, yeah so, so it's it's normally a weekly podcast but okay. lately I've been doing a lot more interviews and I can't wait to get them out so now I'm doing two two a week probably for the next couple of weeks and then possibly go back to once a week again so when you started this four years ago, or really back at it two years ago, so were you one of the only ones at that time in the PT profession? Because now there's quite a few. Yeah, when I first started four years ago, I was the only one. Yeah. Outside of, I don't, I don't know if the APTA was doing a podcast at this time. I don't think I don't they think were. think so, yeah. So I think I was the only PT. Right. And I remember when I first started, I was like, oh, it'll just be health and wellness because who wants to talk about PT stuff all the time? Well, as it turns out, a lot of people. Yeah. You know, and I, so I started to do more physical therapy focused interviews with different people in the profession. And, and I also like to really highlight strong female entrepreneurs. Right. Um, even outside of physical therapy. Right. Because I, I can always bring it back. Yeah. Because everything is applicable applicable in the PT world, even if they're not within the world. Well, you know. yeah, and you've recently said that, you know, you want to expand this outside the PT world. 100%. And that not only for people outside the PT world, but PTs need to hear things outside of the PT world as well, because we get a little insular sometimes. Right? Absolutely. And yeah. I also, 
an, another goal of mine this year for myself personally, and, and I think that it's showing in the podcast, is that I'm applying and pitching myself to podcasts completely outside of the physical therapy world just to talk about what we do as physical therapists because everyone always says, nobody knows what we do and and how come no one knows what we do? Well, if you only talk, if we only talk to each other as physical therapists, then no right. one is going to know what we right. do. So I like I said at Graham Sessions, like I encourage people to go out and pitch to non-PT podcasts. So how do you find non-PT podcasts? I mean, what? Right, so yeah. what I, well, I've been working with a publicity coach, which has okay. been very helpful. So she funnels a lot of things to us uh, in her group, and that's how I was able to get on Entrepreneur on Fire by John Lee Dumas, which is one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Yeah. And so because of that, I was asked to do three other podcasts that are entrepreneurial related mm. podcasts. Okay. Um, but what I suggest people to do is go to the iTunes app and hit on top charts and then look into whatever. It. So if, for, for instance, if you're if you work with dancers, go to dance podcasts and pitch yourself to a dance podcast as a yeah. physical therapist. Makes sense. You know, if you work in acute care, pitch yourself to some, there are a lot of physicians who have acute care podcasts, pitch yourself to them. So you publicist, you, you're going to have an agent, you're going to show up on the Today Show soon or what's the deal? I mean, that would be awesome, <laughs> Wouldn't that but be I don't great? know about that. <laughs> <laughs> After all these interviews, so what trends or what more global ideas have you learned from all those of you interviewed? So what? Oh what kind of thing is, is out there that you just keep hearing and, and... I think what I keep hearing over and over again, especially from the physical therapist that I interview, is that we, the people in the profession love being in the profession. Yeah. And I think that's such a powerful thing because there are a lot of people who don't like what they do. Right, and I exactly. think by and large, physical therapists love what they do. They want to be heard. They want to be helpful. Um, and that's the, one of the biggest trends, and it makes me so happy to hear that. Right. You know, because oftentimes, everyone through their career can kind of go up and down through burnout and back in again. Right. But for me to help myself to not have burnout, it's great to hear all these stories. Yeah. And, and that physical therapists are, they're, I think, more entrepreneurial than they used to be, and yeah. you can probably attest to that. Yeah, that's true. Um, and that's a trend that I'm seeing, and I love seeing that, from yeah. starting your own clinic to starting a podcast to mm. uh, creating tech, uh, tech stuff, you right. know, moving into the tech uh, world, and, and creating actual products. And I think the thing that's unique about physical therapy is we all know physicians, we all know nurses, and to be honest, I don't know many physicians that aren't unhappy right now. Yeah. And and but yeah, I have yet to find a physical therapist that doesn't really love their job or what they're doing. So yeah, we do have a unique niche there. So I uh, must be doing something right. So obviously uh, we're still in that in that forum where we're, we're, we can still uh, talk with our patients and get to know our patients and have time with our patients that other healthcare professionals uh, don't have. Yeah, and that's and I think if you can create these these great alliances with your patients and even with your colleagues, that goes a long way to keeping you happy in your job because you're seeing, I mean, there's nothing better as a PT than to see your patient improve, yes. you know, and they're so grateful and so thankful yeah. and that gratitude then spills onto you and then you're grateful for what you do. Yeah. And it, if you have gratitude, I mean, you're And in your life. unique setting, you're, you're going to people's homes, mm -hmm. offices, yep. 
gyms, uh, so that, that even takes that further. I mean, that's kind of one step further to be really you're in going to them, exactly. Yeah, you're so. in their life, and I mean, I've had patients offer to like co-sign apartments for me. I mean, they're like <laughs> having a million parents, you know? Yeah. Um, but it is unique when you go to the home because you're, you're really seeing people when they're most vulnerable and when they're most real. Yes. You know, because anybody, like I've worked in clinics for years and I've worked in a hospital system and oftentimes people when they come into a clinic they're you know you're a little nervous sure it's you intimidating it's intimidating you don't know what to expect but when I go into someone's home they're yeah. super relaxed they're yeah. they're happy to have you there they're happy to not have one more thing I mean I live in New York City so people are so overly scheduled yeah so it's nice to not have like one more thing to that do they have to, to go to. to yeah so I know you're very passionate about women's issues in our profession yes. and and you founded the first women's summit in uh, New York City last yep. fall which was very well received yes, excellent job awesome. on that so what is your vision here and what do you hope to accomplish with this event and so on so we're in the midst of planning for 2017 and you know I our theme for 2017 is breaking the mold so what I would love to see is is women not being fearful mm -hmm. not being afraid to to step up into a leadership role and whatever that may be you know and that might be speaking up in a meeting one day mm -hmm. with all of your colleagues it might be applying to speak at a national conference it might be starting your own practice I mean the women that were there in 2016 a couple of them have just completely changed their career as a direct result of that conference, yeah. which makes me, it gives me the chills. It makes me so happy. Like yeah. one girl just decided to open up her own practice. She was yeah. thinking about it and got so much inspiration. And so if, if we can do that year after year, I think you get a snowball effect of, uh, I mean, you know, yeah. listen, you do the, you've done the Graham sessions for 10 years and right. I'm sure you've heard all these stories sure. come out of the Graham sessions as well. So we're hoping that we can have the success that the Graham sessions has, have yeah. had and, and maybe create some more opportunities for women in the profession because it's unfortunately really needed. Well, why do you think that there's less women in leadership positions in health organizations? Because what we, what we know is that 70% of PTs in our nation are female, mm -hmm. yet, um, you know, you don't see, yeah, it's yeah. maybe, you know, 30% are only in leadership positions. And really, as you go further up the healthcare systems, physical therapists in general are not represented very well, but especially women. So why yeah. is that? I mean, I don't know if it is the lack of people to promote women um, because they think, well, they're just going to have a child, and so maybe they're not going to be as reliable, they're not going to be there as much. Um, but as we know, you can come up with creative solutions for that. You know, right. So maybe if you're having a child and or you have children, oftentimes those women are the women you want to hire because yeah. they're good at organization <laughs> they're good at conflict resolution exactly you know they're good at bringing people together yeah. because they're doing it at home right um, I think women need the support of spouses friends and families so oftentimes and I don't know if, if women are looking at these leadership positions and thinking I, I don't think I can do this you know, yeah. look at all the obligations I have at home, look at all the obligations I have right. at work. I don't think I can do this, but I think if they had the right support coming from the employer, from 
their home situation or in social situation, I think you'll see a lot more women step into yeah. those roles. I just think creative solutions need to be had. And, and I mean, I'm not in, in the position of hiring, but yeah. I think if you are in the position of hiring, I would say to really take a close look at these women. And that's yeah. across, that goes outside and, and of the I, and I would I even, mean, that's everywhere. And I would even argue it's not so much the hiring in the sense that I think a lot of female PTs get hired, but, but less move up you know, in the leadership positions, yeah. but uh, I was at the Women's Summit in you New were, York City, which was were. awesome. One of very few males there, but yes. it was, I learned a lot. And a couple of things that really intrigued me. One was the discussion about how sometimes women have trouble supporting other women in yes. those roles. And so it's interesting uh, from a male perspective is, I mean, the first question, well, why? Why is that? But and, and there's we been know, research into this, like in yeah. the nursing world, like they, you know, it's that they eat their own, they yeah. eat their young, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, if it is a, if women seem intimidated by women coming up the, the chain because yeah. they've fought so hard to get to where they are. And I'm just off the top of my head. I have no idea. Right. But if, if it's, you know, you fought so hard to get to where you're at and you don't want some younger woman coming up and taking over your role. I don't know. And I, I think that if women see that behavior in themselves or in others, it needs to be called out. Yeah. And yeah. I think the more you call that out, the, right. the happier everyone will be. Because we know, just from the summit, like women's, women and men supporting women works. Yes. We know it works. Yes. There's literature to support this. It works. Mm -hmm. And I thought what was really intriguing was a story and helped me with, it was the CEO of one of the major companies that uh, told, told the story that uh, a woman offered a position, a very high level, a lot of women seem to think, well, maybe, maybe I'm not quite qualified or maybe I don't have any, enough experience. So they kind of question themselves where a man would say, I'm in, I'll figure it out later. Yeah, that's the Jenny Romer, Romani, yeah. Romeri story right. from IBM. From I IBM, right? that's what it was, yeah. And it's, and I mean, I do that all the time. You know, you always have, I think, I don't know if women have more, or maybe it's just me, but you have these, this sort of like imposter syndrome. Yeah. You know, these little self-doubts that keep eating at you. And I know what I do is just look back and I'm like, no, I, I belong here, like this is something I can do, but it always creeps back in. And, yeah. and we know that women are less likely to apply for a job if they don't meet all the criteria. Yeah. Right? So if you have if you're missing one of the criteria, you'll think, oh I can't, oh, can't I can't even it. apply. Whereas a man would be like, I don't have any of that, but I'm still gonna do it. Right, I'll still give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Why yeah. not? Yeah. You know, and I think women need to kind of switch that mindset and say to themselves, you know, maybe I don't have everything, but once yeah. they meet me, they're gonna love me. Yeah. And I think that's a, an attitude that, that a lot of men take is yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not qualified, but I'm going for it. Or they're willing to figure it out kind of on the job. Yeah. They don't have to come in with all right. the creds or whatever. Right. I was talking earlier with Bridget Finley, and I know that you heard her uh, oh, What I Believe amazing. speech, which yeah. is great. And, uh, and she told that great story of how uh, she was not going to give the person a chance at being this director because they could only give 30 hours a week. Mm -hmm. But she did, and then come to find out it was one of the best directors she ever had. Absolutely, so yeah. what we talked about earlier was that it's almost more important who the leader is, not how much time they can put into it. Yeah. So somebody can do maybe a better job at 30 hours a week than somebody who could put in 80 hours a week and, and not do as well. Yeah. So we right. have to be open to those kind yeah, of things. Yeah, you have to be open to that. And 
you know, everybody works differently. But like I said, moms, especially women who are mothers, are used yeah. to being really organized and, right. and getting things done because they have yeah. to. You so, talk about a leadership role. Yeah, so why, <laughs> so why would that be different in a work setting? Yeah. Know, if they're keeping it together at home, why would it be different at their job? And so yeah. I think I loved Bridget's story and what she really did was confronted her own biases. Right. She's a woman. Right. You know, because yeah. we all have biases and to confront them is really uncomfortable. Yeah. But I think if you can confront them and then take a step back and think, well, wait a second, I, this, this makes sense or I can, yeah. why wouldn't you? Yeah. So give us a little plug for the next Women's Summit. It's going to be okay. in September in New yep. York City, right? The next Women in PT Summit is going to be September 23rd, which is a Saturday this year. Last year we had it on Friday. Yeah. We planned it in six weeks. You take what you can uh, get. I know. It was, know? It's amazing. Um, they pulled it off in six weeks. I know. So this year, now I'm like, well, we have six months. What if it's worse? Yeah. Like, what if it doesn't hold up to the same? Because, you know, when you only have six weeks, you have to make those decisions really quick. Yes. So now we have six months, and I'm like, oh, what if it's, like, <laughs> not as good? But it's going to be September 23rd in New York City. Um, we will start getting more information out there. We can we can say that, I think I can say, that um, Sharon Dunn's going to be one of our speakers. Great. President of the American Physical Therapy Association. Right. So we're really excited about that. And... Um, we're again going to have non-PTs, right? Like we did last year, we had two speakers who were non-PTs. One of which I know you love, oh, we all love. Mandy was Mandy just amazing. Who's a journalist amazing. for yeah. Sports Illustrated and, yeah. and Inc. And she just knocked it out of the yeah. park. She's one of those people that you go to something like that and you sit there and you're just totally mesmerized, and all you can think about is how can I do what she's done? You know, yeah. it's just it's so inspiring. She was really inspiring. And, yeah. you know, quick story, her and I have known each other since we were like 13. Yeah. Because we played softball together <laughs> yeah. on the same travel team as kids. Yeah. You know, and so when I knew we were doing this, she's the first person that I reached out to. Yeah. And she really did us a solid yeah. and came in. Well, have her come back again. She, listen, people awesome. yeah. actually said, like, could she come back? Yeah, because she know? was amazing. She was great. Well, it's it great, great to have people like that. And we all need those role models and those mentors that can just show us uh, yeah. what can be done because yeah. she's done amazing things. She's done amazing things. And that's, yeah. you know, if if everyone just said what you just said, then I think it was it was a successful Oh, conference. it was very great. Um, because that's what we're looking for. And I think women in PT really need the push. They need the push. Yeah. And I, and I would just put a plug, if I can, uh, for, for men as well uh, yeah. to come to this. Because I know when we talked about this earlier, we did a, a, a session at the Graham sessions relating to this issue. And as you said, we've often done this at like this meeting, combined sections meetings and other meetings, and you're speaking to the choir because everyone in there is a woman. That's right. And yeah. sometimes the, the men need to hear the struggles and whatever so that we can understand that from that perspective. Yeah. And so it was a one-day conference and I came away with a lot. I thought it was wonderful, so yeah, it was really and, good. And we encourage men to come, you know, it's like yeah. saying we're going to have this huge discussion on race and only one race goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it doesn't work. No, so we you want, need, we yeah. want the men to be there because we want them to hear. We want them to know what we're dealing with so that they can be our partners. Yeah, that's oh, great. What needs to happen over the next couple of years in our physical therapy world so that we're included in this healthcare reform where we can actually have a significant role in reducing healthcare costs that we know have to change? I mean, I think the research has to really start showing not just, wow, we're really good at what we do, but wow, we save money. Yeah. So I think you need research that has very 
very implicit uh, financial implications. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, I think if we can show, because in the end, like, we know we're good at what we do. We know that. Our patients know we're good at what we do. People right. like us. People want to come to PT. But in looking at the grand scheme of things, it unfortunately comes down to dollars and cents. Sure. So if we can show that, listen, if you come to us first for your musculoskeletal pains or dysfunctions, we'll get you better in less time for less money. Right, and that's, you know, words can be overused, but that, the real word we're talking about here is value. Value, So in other yeah. words, you know, what is the value of physical therapy? Because that means uh, not only do I get better, but it was uh, worth the cost, so to speak. It's not like I got better and it was hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's right. a good value where I got better, I changed my life, and I didn't spend a fortune. And, and also what physical therapists are really good at is boosting people's self-efficacy. Yeah. So that let's say you have a musculoskeletal pain or problem, you go to the physical therapist and a year from now, that pain comes back, well, you've been instructed by your, you know what to do, you can take care of yourself, so you're not being overly medicalized. One thing PTs don't do is we don't overly medicalize our patients, right. and I think that's really important. Right. So you give them that locus of control, you give them that self-efficacy, so then they know, well, I have this little pain, well, I don't have to run to the doctor. My physical therapist said this right. may happen, and this is, I know, I have the tools, I know what to do. So tell me about the patients that you see in their homes, in their offices, whatever. Do you take time to educate them on that oh, fact? Oh, yeah. So that's one of your big things, oh, right? Oh, that's one of my big, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So why doesn't every PT do that? I, they don't know. I think it's yeah. a little lack of knowledge. I mean, I just spent two days in a pre-conference course with uh, Professor Peter O'Sullivan talking about how to increase the self-efficacy and give good education and talk to your patient. And right. really, I mean, he had patient examples. People were sobbing. Yeah. You know, it was really powerful. Um, but what was so interesting is in the beginning, there were a lot of physical therapists with a lot of pushback. You know, a lot of pushback on what he was teaching because it wasn't, well, if you just manipulate this or if you just move yeah. this or stretch this or strengthen this, it was more of let's teach the patient, let's give them an understanding of what's going on with their bodies and how right. they can deal with it in, in very simple terms. And there was a lot of pushback in the beginning. By the end of day two, that pushback became, well, wait, how do you do this again? Yeah, yeah. And, and what, how can so we So why was there pushback? Well, what do you mean with the pushback? Because physical therapists, you know, oftentimes what we're taught in school yeah. is not what I think newer research in pain science and neurology and immune and immunology has been show. It's right. just it's just not taught in school because it's not yeah. on the test. Yeah, you know, it's I not know. on the yeah, test. Yeah. It's not going to be taught, which yeah. is super whole, annoying. Whole another subject, but whole yeah, other yeah, subject, yeah. Super annoying. But <clears throat> I think people are like, well, if I didn't learn this in school, it's it's a confirmation bias, okay. you know, yeah. and and it's really really hard to break through that bias right. because it's uncomfortable, yeah. and it makes you question: Have I been doing everything wrong all right. these years? Yeah. Have I? What's happening to me? You know, <laughs> know. and it's a big mind shift. Yeah. Um, but it was it's it was being it was able to be accomplished in two short days yeah. with a great instructor, mind right. you. Um, and so if it takes that much for PTs, educated PTs in the in this world, just think how hard it is for your patient. Yeah. So you really have to, you have to not, if you show that bias, your patients aren't going to buy it. Right, right. You know, so you have to be yeah. in it. 
Yeah. You know? And I think what I've, uh, the times that I've lectured, especially to new professionals, if, if there's anything that you could do is educate every single patient what PT is, what PT does, the different things that PT can accomplish. And if that patient walks out of there having had a shoulder issue, but they leave understanding all the things that physical therapy can do to you, I think we're all ahead, at least with the patients we treat. Absolutely. So, and, and, then, just, and then the good news is those yeah. patients then go out and tell their family and right. friends and so on and so forth. So that's a great way for the physical therapy profession to sort of widen our net a little bit. Yeah. So what's next for you? Uh, the, the podcast keeps going strong. Is it, uh, I mean, where does it evolve from here? Um, that's a great question and it's something that I'm kind of in the process of working out myself. Mm -hmm. um, I have, next month I go to Monaco to speak at the International Olympic Committee Injury Prevention Conference wow. about using podcasts and social media to That's cool. bridge the gap between research and uh, clinic, Yeah, which is going to be awesome. So after that, I, I'm thinking of maybe putting together a an online course for physical therapists, but yeah. it, I need to flush it out. I need to get CSM and, and Monaco right. Over first, and then <laughs> I can put, you know, more uh, resources toward that. But I, I feel like that's a good evolution of the podcast. Yeah, is kind of taking what I've learned on the podcast and be able to. Teach so others. outside our profession, PTs are very giving people. So outside of our profession, to get the higher level, higher profile people, do you think there's going to come a time where you're going to have to pay people to do that? On the podcast? Yeah. In other words, pay them. Yeah, because that's kind of, I mean, you look at like you did Gloria Steinem, which was yeah. amazing, yeah. and you didn't pay her, but nope. you had a connection, you had a relationship somehow. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to interview somebody that's a celebrity or somebody that's on a high profile, you know, sometimes those people require fees for you to do that. Uh, yeah, they do. So it'll be interesting I, to see where that goes. Yeah, it will be interesting. Uh, at this point, I don't see that as being <laughs> I, an option. Yeah. Um, but what I've also found is, I mean, I've had some female entrepreneurs who have been, who have spoken at the White House, who have huge global reaches, and they pitch me to yeah. come on okay. to the podcast. Because don't forget, like, just because you're Gloria Steinem or you're David Butler, right. or these are people who still want to widen their net. They still right. want to speak. They want their voice to be heard. They want to get out into a different audience. So they see the quid pro quo, Absolutely. even though you're not paying them to be there. Yeah, so, even yeah. though I'm not paying them to be there, but there's still value in it because they're perhaps reaching people that didn't know about them before. Yeah. You know, and, and like for instance, I interviewed Laura Roeder. So she's the CEO of Edgar, which is a social media autom automation uh -huh. software. And as a result of that, I know so many PTs now who use Edgar. So was it worth it for her to pitch me to come on? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. She and like I, she speaks at the White House on entrepreneurship and yeah. and so I yeah. think for the most part, if you reach out to people and you're genuine and you tell them what you what you're looking for and what your audience is, right. they're either going to say yes or no. But if you never ask the question, the answer yeah, is always no. That's exactly right. A five year old told me that. That's good. That's a five year old quote. Yeah, I remember that. Cecily De Stefano, who's a, a PT yeah. here, her son told me that. If you never ask the question, the answer is always going to be no. Yeah. So I'll pitch to everybody. Smart kid. Yeah, exactly. So what would your pearl of wisdom be 
to our listeners for those who want to pursue leadership positions in our field or outside our field? I would say know who you are. Know, be very, very clear on what your goals are. Don't pursue something just to pursue it. Don't say yes to something just to say yes to it. Know what your values are, know what your goals are, and if an opportunity aligns with those values and those goals, go for it. Put yourself out there, pitch, push yourself. If someone comes to you and it aligns with your goals, say yes. If it doesn't, politely say no or don't pursue that because then you're taking up space in your life and in your head that isn't necessary and you could be doing the stuff that really means a lot to you so yeah. that would be my best advice yeah thank you very much yeah. well i uh, appreciate you spreading the word i mean your podcast as we said earlier when we started this program it's very well received yeah. thank uh you. it's out there it's uh people listen to it all the time and i mean yep. that's just that's important so yep. thanks for spreading the word thank so, you so and thank you for being here. here and thank you to vgm yeah. advantage for letting us film this in their booth today we're here at uh, combined sections meeting in san antonio texas uh in 2017. So thank you very much, Karen. I appreciate thank it very much. Thank you so much. much. Thanks.